0: Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak, And today is episode 96. Today is uh, Friday. Yay, Friday! Thank God. Love Fridays. I love Fridays because I got the weekend to rest. Yay, yay, yay. Just not enough time off. I mean, come on. Today's April the 12th. Um, a lot of things happening. You know, there's a lot of these podcasts that I start off and I feel like I'm on my heels and I'm leaning back and I'm just kind of taking it easy and kind of lazy and kind of tired and whatnot. And I don't feel that way today. Today I feel like I am leaning forward and I'm running downhill and I'll tell you why. Okay. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of, I actually took notes on my phone. Okay. So here we go. During the last episode, I talked a lot about listening or watching uh, a show on Netflix called Love, Death, Robots, and about how it was like Black Mirror and so on and so forth. What I totally flaked on was I did not talk about the fact that my wife and I watched Aquaman, old Jason Momoa as Aquaman, DC Comics, and what a terrible movie it is. I mean, awful movie. Now, many of you don't know, but Aquaman is actually a comedy. Well, at least it was in our house because I made jokes the entire length of the movie and my wife laughed out loud a lot and usually I can't make her laugh. I mean, I, I can make her laugh, but not like this. I mean, I was on fire and let me tell you, Aquaman is a garbage movie. It is a dump truck of a movie, but it's got Jason Momoa in it and he's a beautiful man and God bless him and my wife's sitting over there on her little iPad and she goes, Oh my God, it made like one point, whatever billion dollars. It made more movie than any other DC movie yet. And I was like, well, what about, what about Wonder Woman? I thought Wonder Woman was the best. And she was like, no, it only made like 800 and something million. And I was like, how did this garbage movie make more than Wonder Woman? Are you kidding me? Hmm. Oh, well, go, go figure. Anyway, they're going to make another garbage movie with that dude. And, I'll probably do like I did this time. I won't go to the theater to see it. I'll wait till I can watch it at home and pirate it on Cody. So, yay, fire stick. If you don't have a jailbroke fire stick, why? Why why not? (laughs) I mean, I'm not taking anything away from these people. They shot that movie for $200 million and made over a billion dollars on it. They're doing okay. Trust me. Anyway, on to uh, the next thing. I watched The Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that on Netflix. It has, uh, Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore as like the two main characters. Drew Barrymore is the main character. And this is season three that just came out. Each episode is like 30 minutes long. It's fun. It's campy. It's gory. Um, don't go into this thinking that it's going to be a feel good love comedy. It's not. She gets turned into a zombie. Spoiler alert. This happens in the first episode. It's kind of the premise of the whole show. You see it in the uh, previews. She becomes a zombie, and there's lots of eating of people, and comedy ensues. I think that, I told my wife this after the first season, I think that they really started rolling the cameras, and she improved a lot of it, and they just went, that was great, let's keep it in there, because she is hilarious in this, okay? The show is not serious. There's times where you feel tense because it's like, oh, you know, What do they call that? A dramedy. There's drama and there's comedy, but then it gets so silly and you're like, okay, yeah, they brought it back. Good. Um, the true breakout talent in the show, I think is the, the, the young girl playing her daughter. I don't know her name. Y'all look it up. This is stuff I heard, not stuff I know. (laughs) So, so anyway, um, so yeah, season three was good. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, I follow them on social media and I read someone's comment that says, Tiffany Oliphant deserves an Emmy. I'm like, shut up. No, he doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's okay. He's, he's a decent actor, but he doesn't deserve an Emmy. Uh, No, 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 no. Um, I also watched on Netflix. I know this is like stuff I heard, but you know, I'm telling you stuff I watched. I watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, the latest season, season two has come out. Now, these are made, these series are made by the same people who did Riverdale, which was, I think, on the Freeform channel or whatever. And it was sort of like a sexy, you know, dark version of the comics for Riverdale. And they've sort of done that with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, even though it was done for Netflix instead. And Netflix kind of goes a little further with the gore and with the, with the, um, with everything, with the language, with everything. And it, this season, season two is very, very, very dark, very dark. Okay. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch, we all, well, I say we all, I'm thinking about me and my peers watched uh, a young girl play that on Nickelodeon and it was campy and funny and she lived with her aunts she had two aunts and she had a cat named sebastian that she would talk to and the the cat on the tv show would talk and it was like a funny kind of show um i don't think i watched too many of the episodes i think i may have left it on the channel once in a while and went oh yeah this is kind of cute but I i don't think i ever watched like a whole season or a whole show for that matter but this is good okay this is good. And they got, the girl they got playing her is a beautiful young girl. She is definitely meant for TV and movies. Um, but the show is written well, the show is written to be dark and to be ominous and to be, you know, very campy at times. Um, some of the storylines, like there, there's a, a political element in it right now with the, a young girl who is a transsexual who's supposed to be identifying as a boy, and that's part of the storyline and whatever. I get the fact that you have to mirror today's society in television shows, and that's part of the show. Um, Some people are going to be, even in 2019, outraged that there's a young black girl that's dating a young white kid. If you're still hung up on that, you need to just get over it because you're losing. You're losing. You're losing out on life. You're losing out on all kinds of options about how people are just good people, and sometimes, sometimes they intermingle. See, when two boys, when two boys love each other very much, nothing happens, except that they run off together and dance and sing. And when two girls love each other, well, I I watched that when I was younger. I don't I don't watch that as much anymore. Anyway, I'm off subject. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, sometimes a man meets a woman and they have a kid and sometimes they're from different races and backgrounds. Okay? Good. Now that we moved on from that. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Very dark. Very sexy also. Um, very interesting storyline. If you're going to watch it, um, they're a little bit out of order in the second season because they did a bonus episode around Valentine's Day. So like, if you're watching episode one, Like the first season had 10 episodes and then they had the bonus one. So episode one of season two is like number 12. So they're like off sequence a little bit. But anyway, whichever one is number seven of this year, the seventh episode of this year, is baller. It's just baller. I can't even, I don't want to spoil it. I want people to watch it and like contact me and go, dude, dude, holy cow. That was good. I didn't expect that because it is, it is unexpected that they would do what they did. So anyway, because I enjoyed that so much, I went on Facebook and I wrote, ooh, I hear thunder. Um, We're having some rain outside. I went on Facebook and I looked on their page, and as I'm looking on Netflix's page, they also um, comment on the fact that they're bringing back the show Lucifer. Now Lucifer was a TV show that I think was on Fox, and I don't know how many seasons it was on, but I watched it when it was on regular TV up until we got rid of cable. And by the time we got rid of Cable, I had kind of departed the show anyway. The first two seasons were really good. The the writing was good. The acting was good. I thought it was fun. Um, It was a neat take on this character. Um, And the way they stylized it, it was fun. It was one of those mindless shows I could watch and and be entertained and stuff like that. Anyway... It got canceled on regular TV, and I guess Netflix picked it up. So as I noticed it, I commented on the thing, and I said, ooh, I really hope Netflix puts their spin on it. And someone from Netflix wrote me right back and said, absolutely. And I'm like, yes! Because, I mean, let's face it. When it's on regular TV, there's too many hands in the pot and too many people screwing it up. And when you let a company like Netflix just allow the people to make what they want to make, they make good content. I mean, that's what that's what uh, HBO did. That's what Amazon is doing. That's what Hulu is doing. They're like, you want to make some weird show? Okay, make it. Make the best show you can make. And then if people are watching it, we'll keep buying episodes. We'll keep buying seasons. Right? So I'm rooting for them. I hope that takes off. I will be watching the new season when it comes out. <clears throat> Let's talk about stuff I heard. Okay. I had the opportunity to listen to some podcasts. Um, I had the day off Wednesday, and I worked in the garage on the podcast table, and my table may turn into a foyer table before it's all said and done. My wife has sort of claimed uh, propriety over one and said, ooh, wouldn't that look nice here, which means it's going to be the foyer table. So anyway, I'm working on that, and I'm, I'm trying to put the final touches on the finish and... I got to listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay, one of the ones I listened to was Leanne Kreischer's Wife of the Party. Uh, She did an episode on, I got to find it, on uh, pole dancing. Now, it's not what you think. I know a lot of you are thinking, she did what? Um, Leanne Kreischer is Burt Kreischer's wife, and she did an episode called Pole Dancing Class, episode 62. It came out April 4th. She sits down with her friends, Kathy and Kristen, to talk about their experience taking a pole dancing class. We also talk about sensuality, sexuality, feeling, self-conscious, power as a woman, and much more. Now, in there, she makes a comment that I actually took a note on. I actually got my phone out and went in my notes and wrote this down. She made a comment that that while she was doing this, she felt like she was playing, just like she did when she was a little girl and she used to climb trees as, as a young girl. And she said, "We don't play enough as adults." She said that made me realize we don't play enough as adults and 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 maybe it's because this kind of hammers home to me, but she's right. she's right she's she's in that moment, I feel like she's speaking to me because I don't play enough as an adult. I don't think I play anymore. It's kind of weird, kind of sad. But, I mean, it's a reality of becoming an adult. There was a time in my life where I played. I played lots of things. I played all the time. And then I realized I don't have time to play. I got to focus on other things. I got to make other things more important. I got to put other people in front of that. And my family in front of that. And I let play go. And now I'm thinking... Maybe I should have play again. There's some, there's some element of play of enjoyment and she's figured out something that she enjoys doing, even though she says she probably can't take the class cause it's too far of a drive and too much of a commute and all that stuff. But she's like, if they were closer, I would take this regularly cause it was a lot of fun and a lot of exercise. And, and, and she talks about how she gets in touch with herself more than she ever did. She said, I really, I never realized the fact that I never like touched myself, not, not in a sexual way, but just like, to touch my thigh or my leg or my hair or anything. She's like, I just, I, I tend to ignore myself. I just thought that was interesting. So anyway, go check out Wife of the Party, Leanne Kreischer. Pretty good. Um, I also listened to Dr. Drew after dark. He interviewed Brad Williams today. Brad Williams, if you don't know, he is a little person, comedian, I think that's the right term. He calls himself a dwarf uh, because, medically speaking, he has dwarfism. Um, He talks a lot. I've heard him talk in interviews and podcasts before about how, when he was young, his dad was the one who used to teach him how to kind of combat the world. When he was young, his dad used to make fun of him. And he would say, okay, now come back at me. You gotta learn this because you're gonna get picked on a lot because you're different. And if you address it first, he said, I realized that if I if I made the first joke, I had control of the narrative. I got into comedy because I realized that that I had an unbelievable ability to get in front of this and to make people laugh in the process. And he said, the first time I got on stage, he said, I was going to college at at USC. And the first time I got on stage and told jokes and I heard the cro- the crowd roar, I thought, well, I'm done with college. It's a very interesting listen. Go check it out. Uh, Dr. Drew After Dark, it just came out. Um, I listened to a couple episodes of Perry Noble's Second Chance Church. <clears throat> He's doing a series right now on addiction, and I talked to my dad on the phone about the fact that he has a neighbor who's... Uh, granddaughter, Um, is it the neighbor or the granddaughter? No, the neighbor is Perry's niece. And she apparently works with him at the Second Chance Church. And she was telling him that this past Sunday he did a sermon on addicts and addiction. And 40 people got up and walked the aisle to either be saved or to ask for forgiveness or or to seek help or counseling or whatever and Perry said in this podcast about addiction addicts have to come to a decision to change before real change can happen and he talks about how intervention doesn't work people getting in front of you saying you should just stop doing that doesn't work everybody around you can want you to change but it's not going to work until you decide to change I thought that was good. I thought that was really awesome. Um, kudos to him. I'm glad that his, uh, I'm glad that his show has taken off. His show, his church. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> let's talk about black holes, shall we? <laughs> there is a scientist by the name of Katie Bowman. I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced, B-O-U-M-A-N. Three years ago, I'm reading this from, from a meme on Facebook. Three years ago, MIT grad student Katie Bowman led the creation of a new algorithm to produce the first ever image of a black hole. She first learned about imaging project in high school and decided on the spot to dedicate her life to it. Today, everyone is sharing the first ever image of the black hole, but Knowing is sharing stuff about Katie Bowman. She is single-handedly responsible. Katie Bowman is an awesome example of what you can do when you set your mind to anything. She was curious. She had imagination. She had something that drove her to find out more information and she found it. She used all of her resources and education and photographed a black hole in outer space. There's another picture of her on social media where she's standing around what's called five petabytes which is 5,242,880 gigabytes of data necessary to image a black hole. That's pretty awesome. Good for you, Katie. People should know your name. Katie Bowman. Katie Bowman, Kami Bowman, Katie Bowman. It's hard to say fast. Good for you. Good for you, good for you. Okay, so um Joe Rogan listened to a very fun episode, <clears throat> a very stoned episode, uh, with Jesse May Palooza. Uh episode twelve seventy-nine came out Monday. Jesse May Palooza is a stand-up comedian and television personality. Check out her podcast called Sharp Tongue, available on iTunes and Stitcher. Um they apparently meet early in the morning. They talk about the fact that it's like 10 in the morning. They get high and they get silly. And this is a two hour and 37 minute podcast of them just being silly. And it's fun. It's a fun listen. It's a fun hang. I had this on while I was doing stuff around the house and I was just, I was laughing at them being silly and I was like, this is great. I like listening to these, to both of these people. This is so much fun. Um, I don't know who Jesse Maple is, is. But if she's as funny on stage as she is talking to Joe, I want to see her perform comedy somewhere. And that's the thing, you know, Joe, Joe likes to perpetuate and lift people up and bring them into being part of the community. And he likes to celebrate the people who are doing good things. And, you know, she's an example of someone who's doing, who's doing uh, some great comedy, apparently. I haven't checked her out, but I'm going to. Uh, let's see. I also listened to episode 1280. Came out this past Tuesday. Michael Yo. Y-O. Yo. Michael Yo is a TV host, stand-up comedian, can also be seen on The Insider on CBS, and a co-host of The Talk. His new stand-up special, Blazin', is now available on Amazon Prime. It's called Blazin' because he's black and Asian mix. Um... He's fun to listen to. Also, I'm enjoying this episode. Uh, I have like a few minutes left in it, but so far the whole thing has been great. They talk a lot of politics because that's one of Michael Yo's fortés. Um, but it's a fun listen, even though it's politics and times. They also get into some stuff about the fact that Michael wasn't as a uh, a contender on Joe Rogan's first episode of Fear Factor. Um, they talk a little bit about Fear Factor, about how crazy the show was and how he was, a at the time, he was a radio DJ and he had applied and got on the show and they used to be, he said back then they were talent-driven and then later on they got to be just on hot-driven, like you had to be real hot to be on the show. He said, thank God I got on the early show. <laughs> but, but it's a fun listen. Uh, he's got a funny story about him and his wife being pulled over in Wyoming, it's, it's pretty good, um, so anyway, again, another, another comedian guy who, if he was in my town, I would be, I'd be like, oh, cool, Michael Yell, I've heard him on Joe Rogan, I gotta check that out, see, this is all it, this is, this is part of it, this is the whole thing I had, the idea of, you know, you, you get to be a part of other people's lives, and you get to lift people up, and you get to be, you know, you get to have a hand in building a community around you. We can all do it. We're just lazier or not as connected or whatever. But there's no reason you can't. Like, just think about the people that you know within your small, your small circle. Okay, let's say that you know five people, okay? I mean, I mean, you could live in a hole, right, and know five people. Let's say you know five people, and you got five people you can talk to on a regular basis. And those five people maybe knows five people. See what I'm doing here? Okay. Now, let's say you grassroots start to talk to every one of them. And before you know it, you all talk to each other. And you form a community. That's what community is. Now, what are you going to do with that ability and that power and that reach? It's your community. You can do anything you want. With today's technology, you could film your own Netflix special and sell it to somebody. Or if they don't buy it, put it online yourself. You can put it on YouTube. People will watch it. If you come up with good content, people will watch it. My whole thing is, what are people holding back for if they have something they want to create? You can do it with a phone. You can record anything and put it online. And nobody's standing around saying, you can't do that. I mean, unless it's like a beheading or something awful. You know, you don't want to do stuff like that. Now I've put that out there in the universe. Someone's going to do that and be like, I heard that on stuff I heard. Don't do not do that. That's bad. That's that's not good at all. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't. Um, <clears throat> If anybody out there has watched Aquaman and also thinks that it's a comedy, please reach out to me because <clears throat> we may be friends. <laughs> I just can't get over how stupid that movie is. Okay. So let's get back on the subject of black holes. Okay. I've talked about this before, but I don't think anybody ever listened. And, and I may not have described it well enough, but with this discovery of the first photographed black hole, um, I have a theory and now I'm not a scientist, even though Jesse Maple pretends she's a scientist. I am not a scientist. That's an inside joke. You got to listen to the episode. Um, But, I have an idea. This is just a theory. It's my theory. I came up with it all by my little lonesome dumb self. But, we like to think about science fiction and about black holes, and sometimes science fiction explains things that we don't quite understand yet with a theory and a visual. And you go, ooh, that'd be cool. And I think that's why we're compelled to watch that kind of stuff. But, here's my scientific thought, okay? Some movies portray black holes as like wormholes. When you go in the black hole and then you come out in the other side and you're way down the line somewhere in a whole different galaxy, light years away. Okay, that's a theory. But what if the black hole actually doesn't follow any normal three dimensional terms? Like, no one knows where a black hole goes to. All of the energy that's sucked inside of it, where does it go? And what causes it? Is it caused by suns colliding? Like two giant massive suns with their own solar systems and their own thing going on with planets flying around all crash into each other which creates a black hole. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But where does that energy go? What if it's not three-dimensional? What if on the other side of the black hole, the side we can't see, instead of it being black, is actually the outside sphere of another star. What if the dimension of our time and space as we measure it is completely wrong? And we're witnessing the inside of a sphere, the inside of a sun, is what we actually live in and see and experience. What if, this is a big what if, What if the sun, our sun, inside of it is a whole other universe and a black hole leads to the creation of what we see as our sun? I've never heard that explained anywhere. I've never heard anybody even theorize it. I've said it more than once. I've said it on this podcast before, but I think it got glazed over really quickly and nobody listened. what if now this is my science fiction version i am not a scientist i don't have any proof i have no i have no reason to believe this just an idea my name is josh Peake, and i approve this message (laughs) now if someone wants to send that little sound bite to neil deGrasse tyson i would love for him to explain to me why i'm wrong that'd be awesome but what if i'm not Something to think about. So while you're thinking about that, I'm going to say peace out and everybody have a good day and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. It's the weekend. It's time to relax. Chill, baby. Chill, baby. Um, yeah. So y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Um, I hope you guys are okay with my little mid-roll ad that Anchor asked me to do. I'm still doing it. And uh it appears that the ad thing happens about a one-month period. Like whenever I get special things saying, hey, would you like to do this? It appears it lasts for about 30 days. So if you're sick of it, don't worry, it'll change in 30 days. Anyway. Everybody seemed to like me saying cue the cow, so here we go. Cue the cow. Oh, um.